Euro 2020-21 on the Soccer Gambling Podcast, simulcasting on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is presented by Winbet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is a straightforward way to take care of your erectile dysfunction. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month of treatment. That's getroman.com slash SGP. Also brought to you by PropSwap. PropSwap is America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com and the promo code SGP. Finally, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. Our app is now live in the App Store and the Google Play Store. The SGPN app gives you easy access to our picks, podcasts, and it's the exclusive place to enter all our contests, including our $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store today. You are listening to your Euro 2020 group stage preview here for match day two on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. You can also check out my website, lockbetting.com, where I'm guiding my clients to their 97th month in a row of transparent track profit. That's right. I've got eight years of profit without a losing month, and this will be the 97th month, and we are well on the way. We are over 10 units up, and that includes losing three units on a future on the French Open with Rafa Nadal not coming through for a change this year. But we have still recovered, and we are still currently over 10 units up on the month with all of our Euro 2020 futures pending. And we are coming off a sweep yesterday with our Euro 2020 selections as we have now seen every single team play as we head towards match day two. Here we'll be covering the first six games of match day two and then we'll be looking at the other half of the games on the next show. Of course, it goes without saying the two most impressive teams that we've seen so far will be the teams that won most convincingly. I think Belgium looked very, very good against Russia and Italy looked good in the opener. But in a very, very different way, I was impressed with France because they were coming up against Germany, who are obviously strong opposition, although Germany did look poor. But I also think France made them look poor. They didn't give them too many opportunities whilst playing in second gear. And we all know that eventually that attack of Benzema and Griezmann and Mbappe will click and they'll be lethal. But how good a job did uh, Kanteng Pogba do in front of the the defence and how composed were the defence this early on into the tournament? So I think that clean 
clean sheet was very, very impressive for the French, just how easily they beat the Germans. And they could have won even bigger than 1-0 had they timed their runs a little bit better. I think it's difficult to judge Portugal. They were trying to break down a Hungary team that was sitting behind the ball, but at least they did, unlike Spain, who didn't win the game with 85% possession. It's very difficult to make a case for Spain winning it. I don't think England were overly impressive. People are talking about England as if they made a perfect start. All they've done is not made the usual poor start that they made to Euros, which is by not winning the game. Here they've won the game and have um, stopped a 100% record of not winning. So now they're in a very good position to not only get through, but to win the group. But of course, as we know, Group group um, group D winner goes up against the runner-up from the Group of Death Group, group, of death group F. Uh, I think that's more likely now to be Portugal than Germany. Germany are in a difficult position with that loss against France. They can still go through as a third-place team if they can uh, get themselves a draw against Portugal or a win. And, uh, and then beat Hungary in the last game. I think it's more likely that Germany will draw or uh, or lose that game to Portugal, looking at the two teams initially. But I still think they'll beat Hungary and go through. But ultimately, I see the Germans in third. And I see a very difficult game against England and Portugal in the second round, where I can see England exiting the competition. As I said, um, even prior to the build-up of the England game, I don't see the, the balance there. I think it's weird that he doesn't know his first team. Uh, Mings is coming in for Maguire now. That was obviously acceptable enough against the Croats who didn't create too much. They lackluster up top. Um, they've got an old midfield, which is nearly 100 years old combined. And obviously England were able to show more ability to outrun the mid midfield. And you should be able to praise Calvin Phillips, Declan Rice and Mount for that. But they weren't as exceptional as, as people are making out. Raheem Sterling certainly wasn't as exceptional as people are making out. He missed a lot of chances and made a lot of mistakes in that game. And the goal that he scored could have been taken by a 10-year-old. So a, a lot of um, over, over, overly hyped plaudits are being aimed towards England and, um, and a few other teams as well here that we've seen in the competition. And that will always happen at the start. Um, Italy, I think, going up against the Turks. The Turks very much didn't play how we've seen Turkey play in, in leading up to the tournament where they got to the big tournament and decided to just very much sit in and so no attacking intent. I think that was a case of Turkey freezing. As, as good as Italy are, I expected better from Turkey and perhaps we'll see a better version of Turkey as we get towards these, these, these final two group games. On paper, you would see Turkey being able to beat Wales and getting something against Switzerland. So they may be a good price to reverse their, um, reverse their start and get out of this group still because there are at least still four points available for Turkey. Wales were lucky to get anything from the game against Switzerland. And I think one of the teams who were very much criticised at the top of the, coming into to the top of the tournament, were the Netherlands. Now, the Netherlands looked very, very good for 84 minutes against Ukraine. That blip where they conceded two goals, that almost led to them getting a draw. And that would have been very, very Frank De Boer in his career, his managerial career, to look that good at the start of a game and then suddenly have a six-minute blip and not win a game where you should have won comfortably, especially via bad substitutions where they were totally in control of the game and he made substitutions towards the back line and uh, the new defenders came on and, and made very little difference. In fact, they had a negative difference to the game where they didn't integrate themselves 
themselves well enough and they found themselves levelled up at 2-2 and needed a late winner. But the fact is they got that winner. Uh, I still don't know where we sit on the Dutch. I still don't know how much more we know about them. I do know they still have the easiest route through. So if they can win this group, they then come up against a third place team in the last 16 and they play the... Um, the, the winner of um, the tie between two runners-up in a quarterfinal. So the route is still looking clear, but um, looking at that performance, if they can't manage to penetrate, they could be very, very much easily exposed sorry, by a bigger team. So lots to still judge still. Um, that's expected after the first round of games, but it's always interesting to see everyone no real strong opinion on anything. Not too much has changed. Our futures are sitting in decent positions. I think the only one that has sort of fallen by the wayside is anything that's reliant on Denmark to qualify. I think that one is in big trouble. They should never have come out and played that game again after what happened to Christian Eriksen, who is doing better now. But they did, and that was unfortunate because uh, I don't think they're in the right mindset. Finland managed to knit that game 1-0. I'm not sure if Finland necessarily get through because I don't know if they're going to get any points from the likes of uh, Russia away and their game against Belgium. But they, are, uh, they have made it a very, very difficult task for Denmark who will now need to beat Russia at home and probably get something from this upcoming Belgian game. Very, very difficult task when you're faced with the, with, with the chance of going out if you don't get something against Belgium. They'll be on zero points from two games if Belgium beat them. That's a very, very big possibility. And that defeat against Finland very early doors, obviously coming off the back of what happened to Ericsson, could spell the end for Denmark's tournament already. And I was quite high on them to utilise this home advantage here in Copenhagen and get through. But with a defeat against the worst team in the group and possibly one of the worst teams in the competition it's looking very bad for anything we've had involving Denmark and that's really the only thing that's really gone by the wayside and even that is down to some very very unique and bad luck we're not really going to be hopefully we're not going to be in that kind of situation again where an accident to a player has had such a heavy influence on our bet but that was certainly the case here for this one uh, moving on to the games here that we want to cover as we look at the second round of games we begin with Finland and they are against the Russians. They travel to Russia for this game where Russia are 4-6 to six to get their tournament back on track. It's 13-5 the draw and 19-4 on Finland. Very different fortunes for both of these teams. I like a couple of plays here. I don't see this being a high-scoring game. I see this playing out similarly to the game between Finland and Denmark, where Finland sit in and make it difficult for the Russians to play. Um, however, obviously, um, we saw that accident to Christian Eriksen, which disrupted the game. There won't be that sort of incident this time. And I think if Russia can continue on with the continuous pressure that Denmark probably would have applied if had it been a normal second half, I think Russia will break breakthrough here in a tight game but I really only see this being a 1-0 win for them I think Finland will hold tight and easily catch the under for you this Russia team have lost once in five home games at the 2018 World Cup and they claimed seven group points in that tournament so far they've lost to Belgium this is their last home game and they need to make it count and I think they will although I'm not sure that it will be overly convincing 
Finland are a difficult team to break down. They are likely to sit in again here. Finland themselves have failed to score in the first half of six of their last seven matches. So that shows how they often tactically approach games. And Finland have lost three of their last four matches. However, they didn't lose last time out to Denmark. So I would lean towards the Russians here to get this done. Uh, but for me, it's a very, very easy play on the under as well. See a definitive pattern of play where Finland sit in, do what they did against Denmark and try and make that work for the second game in a row. However, I do think the home crowd will urge Russia on here and they will get the much needed victory, which will put them in a good position to qualify from the group. And it will be a favour here to Denmark as well, because if Russia can get this win and uh, then it allows Denmark the opportunity to beat Russia, all of these teams will be on level points at the end of the um, group stage, providing that Denmark can do the sweep and beat all of them. I think Finland's advantage comes in again there because they play Belgium last and there is a possibility that Belgium will be resting players after two wins at that point but I even think a rotated Belgian team should beat Finland it was a very very shocking result under weird circumstances that Finland got that win and I don't see them getting one here and I lean towards the under which is available at four to six along with Russia pulling out the win here in this one also available at four to six up next, we look at Turkey versus Wales. I touched on this a little bit earlier. I do think Turkey are a lot better than they looked. I think that was a case of freezing and just being very overly negative. They didn't concede a lot of goals in the group stage. They only conceded three, and they kind of overly reverted back to that. Whereas in their friendlies over in recent weeks, they have been a little bit more intacking, including a 4-2 win over the Netherlands. They are 6-4 to to get back on track here against Wales with a draw at 21-10 and a Wales win at 21-10. Wales were dominated by Switzerland. They were lucky to get something out of that game and then Therefore, coming into this one, I see real value here on taking the Turks. I do think that Wales may be able to find the net in this game, though. Um, Turkey scored 14 goals in six games before Friday. However, they conceded eight shots on target in that opener, while Wales faced 18 shots in theirs. So we could see goals here at both ends. Wales have scored in six of their seven matches at the European Championship Finals as of late, whereas Turkey have scored 22 goals in their last 10 games against European opponents. But if it is going to be a, a high-scoring game, uh, which I'm not saying it will be, I'm just pointing out statistical data indicates that both teams have score. Uh, I do fancy Turkey coming out on top, and that will be my main play here. Turkey are the better team. Uh, they've got the likes of Burak Yilmaz, who's probably playing his last in international tournament but has somehow reached his peak guiding Lille to the title in France he'll be looking for a big tournament they're supported by a solid backline it did contain Italy for 45 minutes obviously after that own goal opened things up Turkey were a little bit exposed playing going forward a little bit um, torn between implementing the tactics to sit tight and uh, and trying to get forward or um, trying to um just remain solid and hoping an opportunity would open up. In the end, they actually made a, a poor individual mistake for that third goal. There was a lot that went wrong for Turkey in the second half. Once the goal went in, they just didn't look like the same team. They looked like a team in between two tactics. Here they're coming with a very, very straight mindset. We are better than Wales. This game will also be played in Baku. And if you do your research, you'll know that Baku is likely to have, a lot more likely to have um, more Turkish supporters there than Welsh. So this will feel like a home game. Very, very passionate soccer fans there for the Turks and I think they'll guide them here to a victory as they get it done and uh, get themselves a footing here in the group up next we look at this group A again where it's Italy against the Swiss Italy available at 4-6 to six. it's 11-4 to, to draw and it's 19-4 to four on the Swiss 
We're going to stick with a play that cashed for us in the first game, which is Italy and on the four and a half goals here. See no reason to get off that. See this being a game which um, where there aren't too many chances. Italy dominating the ball and doing what they did in the first game, which is breaking through. We're going to see that pattern of play a lot. We saw it in the Hungary-Portugal game. We saw it in the Italy game. At times, we even saw it in the England game where a better team was trying to break an inferior team down. I saw some idiot in Twitter saying it was a boring tournament because of the lack of goals because of the Spain game the night before well moron this is it this is football there's no need calling yourself a soccer capper when you haven't seen that game after game after game after game he said oh I need to look forward to the league season why because you don't see this when um, top teams come to the new camp to Barcelona when they come down to the Bernabeu's play against Real Madrid when the likes of Burnley and West Ham play against the likes of Manchester City or or Manchester United teams don't sit in and make it difficult to play these are the kind of idiots you need to watch out for. And I give you a warning. When you bet, this is your money. You worked for it. And you're trying to make your work into more money. The work, the money that you've earned by working, we're here to guide you. The idea of a capper is supposed to be to guide you towards making more of that money. Why would you trust people that come out with idiotic comments like that saying that this is a boring soccer tournament and I'm a soccer expert who's deciding that I'm no longer going to bet um, not because um, international football is is too unpredictable or I just have a feeling that this tournament is going to be a bit whack. And uh, I, I, in my opinion, I just don't think it's worth betting. No, 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 it's just boring. I'm bored. I'm not going to bet until the um, I'm not going to bet until the league season comebacks. Dude, you're a fucking idiot and you're not a soccer expert. And for any guys that, that follow that kind of capper, you're a fucking idiot, too. If you're giving your hard earned money over to somebody for plays and then you're wasting even more money entailing those plays when someone has a take like that then you deserve to lose your money there's a number of cappers if you follow on twitter you deserve to lose your money if they haven't got a podcast and they can't talk um eloquently and um, with any kind of expertise over what they're talking about and not just a podcast a youtube video if they're faceless and they're not on any kind of platform like YouTube or iTunes and are able to talk convincingly about what they're saying and you have a full understanding and belief that you are going to win money with them and they don't have a track record and you tell these people, you tell an idiot with a take like that, you deserve to lose your money because at this point in the tournament, a lot of games are going to be attack versus defence. A lot of teams are going to be top opposition against inferior opposition. We're in a 24-team tournament where 16 teams are going to qualify. They're allowing third-place teams to go through. This, this doesn't really become the cream of the crop until the last 16, probably even the last eight, when we get rid of some of those third place teams. This is how it's going to be. This is international football. This is how Greece won a whole fucking tournament back in 2004, sitting in, making themselves difficult to break down and trying to steal the tournament. Portugal stole a tournament against France last time this was played. This is soccer. So um, if you don't know that and you're sitting there saying, oh, this tournament's boring, I'll be back when the club football comes, fuck off, don't come back, you're a fraud. And anyone following you is a moron. So I expect more of that here for this game, getting back to my point. Um, this is an Italy team, though, that have won their last nine games without conceding. So I think you'll save taking Italy to win this game with the under four and a half going, uh, going along with it. Italy now have lost just one of the last 31 internationals. And there have been under two and a half goals in Switzerland's last five European Championship group games, whilst the Swiss have failed to win each of their last 
eight meetings with Italy. So Italy to get the win here and under four and a half goals, which will put the Swiss in a difficult position here in this group. Because if they do lose this game to the Italians and uh, there's any kind of winner in the other game, it will put the Swiss in a difficult position to qualify. Whatever happens here, uh, unless Switzerland win, their final game against the Turks will be a must-win situation. As for Turkey, after losing so badly to Italy, if they can beat the Welsh, they'll be in a situation where a draw in the final game will be a good result. So that's how I think it's going to play out. I think the final game will become a must-win for both Wales and for Switzerland off the back of their draw and their second round results here as I expect Italy and Turkey to get the wins in this group. Up next, we move across to Thursday and we look at the Ukraine versus North Macedonia. Ukraine are the four to six favourites to get the win here. It's 14 to five the draw and it's 19 to four North Macedonia. I think more North Macedonia looked overmatched in this competition. Austria are a decent enough team, but not a team that should have looked as, as good as they did against North Macedonia. I know they won 3-1, which involved drawing two late goals, but they were pretty dominant in that game. North Macedonia, another one of those teams that came in with a game plan to sit in. Although um, both teams scoring has been something that has been cashing frequently in North Macedonia games. They have now actually scored in each of their last six matches. I don't know how they're doing that because their tactic is to to sit in and um, and they do realise that they are inferior to most teams and they have been inferior in this competition. But look, they scored in the last game. They've got a 4-3 win away to Germany. So it's difficult to not ride that tactic. Somehow this team find a way to score. But I do think that Ukraine will also find ways to score here. Uh, I do think there'll be goals in this game and Ukraine will be able to win. They did go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Dutch, although obviously that looks a little bit more toe-to-toe -to -toe when you look at the scoreline being 3-2. There are periods of that game where it was all the Dutch dominating. But for the first half, Ukraine held them at bay. They came, they did come back from 2-0 down, so that does show some decent spirit. And I think it showed me enough to say that they'll beat North Macedonia here. The Ukraine have only lost one of the last seven matches. Uh, however, they have conceded in five of those matches and they shipped three goals to the Dutch on Sunday, as we mentioned. Both teams have scored in five of Ukraine's last seven and five of North, North Macedonia's last six games now have featured over two and a half goals. So I expect goals here in this one. And um, this will be a game that a lot of people are looking at and thinking, oh, I'll avoid. But it'll be better than some of the other games you've seen, especially when you're looking at this idiot Kappa that I saw on Twitter saying that it was a boring tournament and uh, he wasn't going to bet on it well if it's a boring tournament why don't you learn from something and stop cashing blind and stop trying to bet blind overs because that's what these guys do over over bet the over bet the over bet the over why don't you learn a different way to to bet why don't you listen to this podcast and listen to how soccer has actually broken down but in this particular game that is statistical data to suggest there will be an over um the, the, the it's not going to be the most watched game people will look at it and, and circle it as a game they can miss even when i was doing my group c preview and said this is a good group if you've got um families uh, girlfriends wives who are telling you what saying you're watching too much soccer you can step away and miss this game that's really down to the relevance of it it's not really because um, I think it will be too boring look at the end of the tournament North Macedonia and Ukraine probably aren't going to be going too far last 16 at most for, for Ukraine maybe so it's not an overly important game unless you're a Ukrainian or a North Macedonian but if you have all the time in the world and your hands and no responsibilities on paper this should be a good game where I expect Ukraine to come through 
Uh, up next, the game I talked about earlier. It's um, desperate situations for Denmark against Belgium, where Belgium are the 21 to 20 favourites to hand them another defeat. It's 23 to 10 to draw, and it's 14 to 5 on Denmark. Uh, despite us needing Belgium here to to to, to maybe um, allow Denmark to get a point, despite the fact we also have Belgium in futures to um, have decent progression here in this tournament, uh, a point here for Denmark would be our best result for futures. But at some point, you need to know when you're beaten. It's very, very difficult to recover from a loss against Finland. It's difficult to recover emotionally with what happened with Christian Eriksen, even though you're going to say, we're going to go out and play for him, we're going to go out and play for him. And it's also difficult to play without him because he's your best player. It's not just any old player that had this unfortunate incident it's your best player so for all those reasons and that's on top of the fact that Belgium are just a much better team than Denmark I'll be taking Belgium here Belgium have won seven of the last nine away games the Danes have actually lost three times since September 2018 however two of those were coming against Belgium Romelu Lukaku looks red hot now he's scored 22 goals in his last 22 appearances for Belgium that's why we took him as the top scorer both teams have scored though in only one of Denmark's last six matches and five of Belgium's last six wins have been by at least a two goal margin and uh, Belgium beat this team twice in the Nations League so I find it very, very difficult here to to make a play here on Denmark for all of the reasons that I outlined before. Yes, they'll make a spectacular effort, and um, yes, um, you, you know they're, they're they're the emotional pick here in terms of people will be behind them because they'll be playing for Christian Eriksen, etc. But sometimes you take the emotion out of the situation. You just look at the fact that Belgium are a better team. They've won seven of the last away games, and they won two 0 in Copenhagen just back in September. And um, if we look at that both teams scoring tactic uh, t- t- um, statistic, that's very, very telling with both teams having scored in just one of Denmark's last six matches. I think it's possible they draw another blank here and Belgium get another two-goal win, keeping up their stat of um, five of their last six wins being by at least the two-goal margin. So Belgium 2-0 here for me, but I'm not going to bet specifically on the scoreline because you're getting plus money on the money line and you really shouldn't, given the situation here with Belgium being a better team. Denmark being a little bit of an emotional state and missing their best player and there's still a possibility with a loss here that Denmark can get through I outlined how before if Denmark can get the win against Russia that puts them in a position where they can still finish third in some ways if the other game is a draw that's not tragic either all it will mean is that Finland are 100% qualifying if Finland get a draw against Russia they're 100% qualifying Denmark can then beat Russians who will be on one point and Denmark will be on three points and then they'll just have to pray and hope for the best that three points is somehow enough to get you through as a third place team it's all very 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 complicated we really won't have any idea in terms of how third place will play out until these games are played and we can look across the board of the results and start to make predictions in terms of how the final round of games are going to go we're not going to do that here we're just looking at these games individually and as I said plus money on Belgium on the money line is big and uh, one thing we haven't even talked about is Hazard going to be able to start that game is Kevin De Bruyne going to be able to start that game or are Belgium just so relaxed here in this group that they're going to allow those players to just make substitute appearances and cruise in and get involved in the last 16 because this tournament really doesn't get difficult for Belgium if the route ends up playing out as it looks on paper Belgium's first difficult game really comes against the Italians and the same could be said about the Italians as they don't look like they're going to have too much difficulty in their group either so these teams certainly seem to be on a collision course and it'll be interesting when the two first teams finally get together for this potential quarterfinal clash who will go through against the two teams that impress the very 
most in the first round of group games. I'm talking about Belgium and Italy. Final game we're looking at on Thursday is the Netherlands versus Austria, where the Netherlands are the three to five favourites to win this game. It's 16 to five the draw, and it's 19 to four on Austria. Uh, I've no doubt in my mind this will be an exciting game. I think Denmark will edge it out, but I think the better play here is just to simply jump on both teams to score. Belgium won the best game, uh, sorry, the Netherlands won the best game of the tournament against Ukraine on Sunday 3-2. The Dutch have now scored at least twice in their last eight games. Three of the last four meetings between um, between the two have been wins for Holland with over three and a half goals and both teams have scored in five of Austria's last six competitive matches including the 3-1 win over North Macedonia. So I love both teams to score here. I think it's the easiest thing to do. You can take the Dutch with both teams to score tacked on. The Dutch are a little bit juicy on the money line here for me at three to five because I do think Austria are the better team than Ukraine. Ukraine looked better coming into the tournament in terms of where they figured, where they featured in groups, etc. But they had a lot of home wins. They had a lot of advantages playing at home and had some very good results at home. Their away results weren't impressive. And I pointed that out in my group stage preview and said, these are all road games. And the Ukraine didn't necessarily travel badly to Amsterdam. I just think it's very difficult to see Ukraine winning at Amsterdam. I think it's equally difficult for Austria. So the Netherlands and both teams to score could be a play here at five to two added to add a little bit of value on the money line for the Dutch. But if you want to keep it nice and simple and you don't really want to take that kind of risk, just take the both teams to score play here in this game. As I said, lots and lots of statistical data to support it. I cannot see it not cashing for you. It would be very odd after after seeing how um, easy they were to open up to see the Dutch keeping a clean sheet. But likewise, it would seem very. It seems very difficult that the Austrians will keep a clean sheet as well. And getting this play at four to five minus one twenty five offers you a lot of value, and it's possibly uh, the best play that we've even looked at here on this show. So both teams to score in this game between Netherlands and Austria in our final game here on this show, which I think will be a very very interesting game to finish off with. Don't miss any Netherlands games in this tournament. They look like basketball games so far, especially based on a first performance. And I think I would have said that about them anyway, going into this tournament. So that concludes your second round preview. Still plenty of time to get my official plays over at lockbetting.com. We are underway with International Daily with the Copper America added. We actually did a sweep. We had a sweep on our first show going 2-0 with our Copper America picks. And uh, the second episode will be coming out as you're listening to this later on tonight as we cover the second round of games with the Copper America and give more thoughts and opinions on Euro 2020. Uh, and of course, we have all of our official plays there over on lockbetting.com. And that's not just Euro 2020 and the Copa America. We're also covering all sports, coming off a, a decent run in tennis today, going 4-1. and one. We had a sweep in the NBA the other day as well. So really, really strong month so far. And you can still be a part of it. Lots and lots of content to come over at lockbetting.com. That's it for me in the first part of Match Day 2 in the group stage phase. Good luck with all of your bets as always. And thanks for listening.